Vahini Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen, no flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the Glee Club. Hey, howdy, hey. And thank you for joining us here on China Tiki Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Alan. I'm Keith. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is the episode 41 for the week of August 3rd, 2014. On this week's show, we are pleased to have a guest who has played more shows in Walt Disney World than most acts combined. He has played with incredible acts like Etta James, Ringo Starr. So please welcome Sunny Eclipse, I mean Cal David, into the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, Cosmic Ray is proud to present the biggest little star in the galaxy. Direct from Unork City on the planet Zork, put your hands together for Sunny Eclipse and the amazing Astro Organ. Whoa! Hello! For you Earthlings just joining me, I'm Sunny Eclipse, bringing you the sunny side of entertainment from Unork City on the planet Zork. Hi, Sean. Hi, Ellen. How you doing? Good. Cool. How are you today? I'm great. I'm going to try to be perky because uh, I had a late gig last night. And, uh, oh, that's okay. But uh, it's mid-afternoon. I should be perky by now. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, here on the East Coast, it's, it's dinner time. It'll be bedtime in a few hours. All right. George Wilkins created the music for Sunny Eclipse. Um, he sure did. A very talented man. Did you have any input into any of the music at all? Was it all uh, George Wilkins? Uh, the music was pretty much done by the time I showed up. Um, he actually uh, asked me to play the guitar on some tracks. Uh, the wonderful fact is that um, you can play all kinds of instruments on a synthesizer. You can play French horns and timpani, and you can play violins, and but you can't duplicate the sound of a guitar. So thank goodness for that. So all the music that George did on that track was done on a synthesizer, including the slide whistles and the kettle drums and the, everything, except for the electric guitar. He asked me to play guitar on, on several tracks. Um, Gravity was one, and some sort of bluesy... Whatever was bluesiest on those tracks. But by the time I arrived, he had all the music down, and uh, I just pretty much sang to the tracks. So who were your musical inspirations growing up? Oh, that's an easy one. I, uh, my first hero was B.B. King back when I was a you know, young teenager, and I was exposed to that music. I grew up in Chicago, you know, and the, right. uh, one of the greatest things about growing up there when I... When I came up, was Chicago radio was amazing. You know, you had um, you know you had Pat Boone and and Tony Orlando and people like that on one side of the dial, but the other side of the dial was pretty much blues and gospel and R and B. And uh, every every artist, I mean, well, BB King was certainly featured a lot. And he was he was my first hero, and I discovered Ray Charles, and he was a big hero for you know. I, I still love both of those guys. There have been many since, but those are my first two influences, I think. I often say, when I have a musical decision to make, I often say, what would Ray do? <laughs> Tell us about the, the early years for you, how you got started in music, and kind of how you made a name for yourself. Well, I started playing guitar when I was 12. I guess some people would say I came to it late, 
but um, I, uh, you know, my first guitar was had no strings on it, and I was uh, pantomiming. I guess it was pretty much uh, playing air guitar on a tennis racket, but uh, I, I had an affinity for it, and I, uh, I really kind of, uh, my uncle gave me a guitar when I was 12, and I guess the rest was history. I taught myself how to play it the first day. Wow. And I, was, I was playing all kinds of songs on it, and my parents were marveling that I was some sort of a you know phenomenon, a, a genius. So they called a, they called the guitar teacher, and he came over to teach me how to really play. And he tuned the guitar, and then I couldn't play it anymore. Uh, my <laughs> uncle had it tuned to a chord. He used to play a, a Hawaiian guitar, so he had the guitar tuned to a chord. So I was just playing you know one four five and just finding how to play these songs and. Uh, but after I took a couple of lessons, I found that I had a you know a talent for it, and and uh, I don't know. I was playing gigs probably after taking lessons for uh, three or four years. You know, after that, I I was in high school and I I was asked to join a band, and uh, that was it. <laughs> that was it. The, probably the 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 best part of my early you could call it training was. My first band was a band that played standards, you know, um, the kind of music that blues guys don't often play, you know. So I had to learn a lot of chords, and I had to learn a lot of melodies. And, um, you know, I was, I was playing with a very good, believe it or not, accordion player, a female accordion player. She was very good. And uh, I learned a lot in that band, you know. The instrumentation was accordion, uh, trumpet, guitar, and then bass and drums. It was, it was a pretty wow. cool little band, but uh, rock and roll was calling. You know, rock, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to play standards for for much longer. I had a nice time in that band, but uh, I heard Chuck Berry and I learned some of his tunes and started playing uh, on the gigs. You know, and that was that was the beginning. That was my early beginning. Many moons ago. Now you were mentioning blues. Now blues is such a huge part of music history. Do you think? You know, we're actually losing our touch with the roots of music. The blues is always going to be there. I mean, um, it, it'll ride a wave for a while, and then it'll seem to disappear, and then it'll always come back, because the blues is such a part of, uh, well, not only musical history, but it's a soundtrack of our lives, whether we realize it or not. There's so much, I mean, not on pop radio. Pop radio doesn't right. touch the blues anymore. I mean, they don't go near it. Uh, I don't know what that stuff is <laughs> that's on the radio now. <laughs> you and me both. But, um, you know, TV shows, movies, there's always blues and R&B in the soundtracks of that stuff, always. I mean, you know, look at the, they've got uh, John Lee Hooker and uh, and and uh, I think Muddy, Wa oh, Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf and, and John Lee Hooker doing Viagra commercials. Right. You know, <laughs> but but I mean, uh, there are so many commercials that that have uh, original blues in them. You know, blues by dead guys. You know, guys that aren't around anymore that invented the that invented it. You know, and that music still will live on forever, and I think it it's going to influence young players forever because uh, that's the basis of it all. It could not be rock and roll. If there wasn't the blues, couldn't be jazz. If there wasn't the blues, you know, it's all, it's all pretty much the same. You know, it, it comes from, yeah, it comes from the dirt. You know, it comes from plantations and prison songs, and you know, so it is, it is the the history of all uh, American music. I like to think of it. I like to think of blues as Americana music. Yeah. So, 
In answer to your question, yeah, I think the the blues, you know, historically will always be with us because it's so much a part of us. Next, <laughs> <laughs> next, uh, let's. You, you've toured with so many you know, music icons. Uh, you, you know, tell us about life on the road, funny stories, anything like that that, that pops in your head. Hmm. Well, um, I have done a lot of road. I, I for many years um, played with uh, a lot of the greats. Um, one of my favorite gigs was um, I was playing with a group called the Fabulous Rhinestones, which is a pretty funny name because there's nothing really fabulous about rhinestones. But I was playing <laughs> with the Fabulous Rhinestones back then in 1971. There was uh, uh, John Lennon was then in New York. I was playing in New York, and uh, uh, they had closed off the streets for a war protest rally, and it was a huge one. I remember standing on the stage, and as far as I could see, they closed off Sixth Avenue, and as far as I could see, there were it was a light a light drizzle, and there were umbrellas all, all you know, like must have been a mile. <laughs> Just looking down that street, there must have been, I don't know, hundred thousand people out there, and it was great. And the rumor was that John and Yoko were going to show up, and uh, during our set, they did show up, and Lennon came up, and he wanted to sing uh, "Give Peace a Chance," and he wanted to leave every lead everyone in. And singing that song, so John and Yoko came up on the stage, and they did that, and we and we played. All we are saying is give peace a chance. And then John turned to me because I was the leader of the band, and he said to me, "Keep on playing." As he and Yoko left the stage, got into their big black limo, and and drove off. And uh, it wasn't much of a conversation, I'll tell you. We, you know, I was standing right next to him during that whole time, but there's not that many people that that ever talked to a Beatle or had a Beatle talk to them. So it was kind of an honor for me because they were, they loomed very large in my legend. You know, I mean, uh, I was already playing when the Beatles came out, but man, <laughs> what an impact they had on, on every one of them. A lot of guitars got sold when the Beatles came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was kind of really the beginning of, of a whole lot. So it changed was the music pretty cool scene for sure. Yeah, but I've I've played on a stage with many. Uh, a lot of people like to ask me about playing with Johnny Rivers, and I Johnny was uh, I still talk to John every so often. But we did a lot of gigs with him. Both Laurie and I toured with Johnny. Laurie is my musical partner, uh, my co-producer, my songwriting partner, my singing partner, and fortunately for me, she's my wife for many many years. <laughs> So, um, That's perfect. So Laurie and I have done a lot of work together. You know, we played with, we toured and played with Etta James, which was a, a great, uh, you know, mo not a great monetary thing because it wasn't, it wasn't Etta, Etta wasn't making a lot of dough in those days. Uh, but it was just, you know, uh, a learning experience. But you know, way going way back, going way way back before there was hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I was playing with a band called Cal David and the Exceptions, and uh, we backed up the Mighty Dells. Did you ever hear the Dells, the, the vocal group that did Oh, What a Night? Yes. Yeah. Uh, those guys taught me, I could say everything I know about the blues, I learned from the Dells. Because, you know, we were put together in this joint on the south side of Chicago, way out south, this joint called the Brown Derby. Uh, and my, I, I had a steady gig there, and they would hire vocal groups to come in on the weekends and 
and, and play with the band. So we didn't know the Dells at all. And they showed up, and they had this whole book of tunes that they did, but it was all blues, you know, other than their hit uh, hit records. They had a couple of hit records. And then the rest of it was all blues. And they kind of expected us to just play it. And, you know, I was like 19, 18, something like that. And, um, you know, this was before, you know, it was before uh, blues guitarists or jazz guitarists. I was just a guitar player. You know, it wasn't genre-specific back then, you know. But, um, I mean, they really schooled me on that stuff. And um, and all of us, you know. My bass player at the time was Peter Cetera, who uh, probably a lot of people know as the guy from Chicago. And he's actually had many things that he's done since then. But he was my first bass player. He's uh, and a great singer, too. And uh, we all learned a lot from the Dells. My friend Marty Greb was in that band, who's... He also played with Chicago for a while, but Marty's done a lot of great things. And uh, that was a heck of a band, too, by the way. Cal David and the Exceptions. It was uh, We had a huge following in Chicago. Anytime they'd put up our name at a club, everybody would flock to it. Awesome. So I was the perfect guy to be cast as Sunny Eclipse. You know, when Wilkins came up with the idea of doing a lounge singer from the planet Zork, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he George used to come and, and see my band uh, at this club in in, uh, in the San Fernando Valley near L.A. And he used to come quite often to hear the band. You know, uh, for some reason, uh, jazz guys really dug me. You know, my stuff. I learned how to play. You know, just playing in joints, playing in clubs, playing in the streets. You know, and and these guys, these uh, college-educated musicians, would come and hear me, and they would really dig me for some reason. You know, and. And I had I had some uh, some jazz guys in my band, guys that were friends of Wilkins. So he would come down and, and hear us play all the time. When we got this gig to do a, a a lounge singer from outer space, he naturally thought of me to play the part because I'm a lounge singer from planet Earth, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, all the stuff that that is on the Sunny Eclipse uh, soundtrack was all was all uh, trying to say I didn't. I didn't uh, improvise. It was all s scripted. That was the word I was looking for. It was all scripted. Even when I say stuff like, uh, I love your planet. It's so big and round and blue and green, just like my mother-in-law. You know, but all that <laughs> stuff was, I didn't, I didn't make any of that stuff up. That was all written beforehand. I just read it a as an actor. You know? and, uh, but I, it was really a memorable gig, and especially since I get a lot of fan mail for Sunny Eclipse. You know, I, I've done interviews like this one uh, about the fact that I'm the voice of Sonny. And people find me and, you know, I try to turn them on to my other music, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. I try to switch them because, frankly, um, I was only Sonny Eclipse for about a week. You know, it was a right. very short time in my life. It was basically a gig, you know. Gigs come along and come and go. And, uh, you know, this was a call I got to do something and... Uh, uh, Lori, my partner, Lori Bono, was uh, had a group at the time called the Brunettes. They were a, a, a female trio, and they uh, did a lot of gigs by themselves. But they uh, they they also sang on my records and and did backgrounds on my gigs. So he hired the Brunettes to become the Space Angels. Oh, really? So Lori is a Space Angel. Oh, wow, that's the, awesome. the invisible backup section for Sonny. 
right. which which he explains <laughs> in his in his show there. So uh, that that's who that is, and uh, that was a great session. I mean, uh, one of the girls was eight and three quarters months pregnant. <laughs> she was, <laughs> ready to she pop. was really she was ready to, ready to go, and um, the George had a wonderful uh, booth at his studio, which was a home studio. Everything state of the art, beautiful in the booth. However, the studio didn't exist. He didn't. Ha he had a little vocal booth that was outside in his laundry room. He had a washer, a dryer, and a very expensive Neumann mic set up in there. So, <laughs> you know, if you wanted to go sing the vocals, you had to go out, leave this beautiful booth, and go out into the laundry room and sing. So it was fine for me. I kind of leaned on the dryer and I did my Sunny Eclipse vocals. And, took a few days and then he brought the brunettes in and they had a crowd around this microphone with very pregnant Amy <laughs> we didn't know she was gonna you know give birth right then but anyway uh, it was a it was a really cool session and a lot of fun and we laughed a lot we laughed the whole time you know me trying to sing those uh, you nork you nork right. <laughs> and all of those backwards uh, lyrics it was it was pretty funny when you first read the script for, for Sonny, were you like, uh, what the hell am I getting myself into? Or were you just like, oh, it's just another gig? Um, well, I, I, it was just another gig, really, and I never wondered about what am I getting myself into because, you know, a gig's a gig. Right. <laughs> you know, you go there and you do it. Uh, they did show me a, a drawing of what Sonny Eclipse would look like. And uh, they had a photograph of uh, I think he was called Commander Zizix, who was the a character on a ride in the Japanese uh, Disneyland, and they took this character from this Commander Zizix, who was an alien. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't have a pompadour or a pinky ring or a tuxedo sequin jacket. They 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 drew it up that way, you know the uh, the Zizix character made over as a lounge singer <laughs> so I, I kind of knew what it was going to be like you know but uh, I didn't know it would last this long I mean it's it's still going strong at Disney World you know yeah. I, and, and frankly I've never seen Sunny Eclipse oh, I, have wow, never, really? I have never been to the exhibit wow. uh, I've been to Disney World but I was there before Sunny Eclipse was there I had another character that was called uh, Oh, this was at a, an exhibit called uh, Goofy for Health, and I played the part of Goofy's doctor. Uh, the exhibit is no longer there, so don't go looking for it. Uh, it, it was at an insurance exhibit, and um, you, it was a cityscape, and you would see um, I was it was a cartoon in silhouette against a window shade in a built in an apartment building, and I'm shaking my finger at Goofy, and I'm telling him not to smoke and drink, and uh, you know, be healthy. And this was also produced by Wilkins. Uh, George called me there to do the this one song, and uh, and it ran for a long, long time. And the success of that, I think, led to him calling me to do the Sunny thing. But I think it was a natural a natural hookup for me to play a lounge singer from the planet Zork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you were recording, when you were recording with Sunny, were you trying to? Since you you said they showed you a picture of of what you were going to look like. Were you, I'm just going to go in there and, and be Cal David, or were you Were you trying to maybe create a character a little bit? or uh, Somewhat. I mean, I didn't, I was reading 
you know, these jokes, you know, these these uh, snappy patter between the songs, you know. I was reading these lines, and I, I didn't want to, you know, make up a character voice, so I used my own voice, but I had a little more enthusiasm than I would have um, on a blues gig, <laughs> talking <laughs> right. between songs, you know. I mean, yeah. I was, uh, so I guess there was somewhat of a character thing going, but it was pretty much myself. I mean, I sang it as myself. I tried to sing it as best I could. Um, some of the music was really, I mean, all of the music is brilliant. George Wilkins, uh, he had a wonderful career uh, writing music for cartoons at Disney. But uh, I think some of the stuff that he wrote for uh, for the Sunny Eclipse stuff was so musical and so brilliant. I mean, bordering on genius. I think George Wilkins, I can't say enough about the guy. He's He was uh, just great and is great. And I, I know he's still active. He moved, I think he's in Central California now and still has a recording studio and is putting out music, but uh, he's not uh, as active as he once was. Uh, did I answer something? <laughs> was there a question in the air? <laughs> yeah, you did. I, I asked about uh, if, you, if Sonny was a character. Or if oh, if I was a character. I tried time. to just follow George's lead at that time and just um, and, and do the recording. But uh, some of that stuff is pretty good. I mean, so the ballad stuff, I mean, uh, I'm proud of it. You know, I'm very proud of it. And, you know, people go there. My cousin went there last year, and he was aware that I played this part. But they weren't thinking about it, and they went into Cosmic Ray's Cafe for just some food, you know, and, and his wife says to him, that alien sounds like Cal. <laughs> 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 and it was, it was me. Oh, yeah, Cal did that. I remember that. It's just amazing. People recognize my, anybody that's heard me sing and is a, is a, uh, a fan of my music, uh, proud to say that there are, there are some, there are many, uh, and ends up going to Disneyland, will always recognize the voice as mine. So um, that's nice. That's have always nice. Have you ever performed nice. any of uh, the songs on stage? No, no, never? no, no, never. I've never have. Um, are you, would you possibly, be huh? Would you what? even be allowed to, or does would Disney probably? I mean, I guess. Oh no, I I don't think I don't think there's uh, you know there's no rule against it. Right. I mean, you can sing any song you want to. That's true. Pay the royalties. You know. of, of things most of the time. So. Yeah. Well, I, it would be strange to, you know, include some of that in a blues show. Although if I was playing around Florida sometime, maybe it would be appropriate. Yeah, it, 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 right. none of that would fit at a blues show. Not the, no, no. no blues show I've ever been to, at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like that one song, uh, the Space Angels one. That's a good it's one. Kind of, it's kind of like an oldies but goodies kind of uh, a feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, like one of those oldie ballads. You know, that might work. Or, did you ever think? Did you ever think that um, you know, twenty years later, that people still would be coming up to you? And mentioning something about a gig that you did 20 years ago in a, in never, a theme park? I never thought about it. I never thought that would, you know, I thought I would do this gig and then go on and do the next one and right. not think about it. But it, it became uh, kind of a big thing, you know. And uh, now it has a life of its own. You know, Sonny's got a website. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, there are a number of uh, Sonny Eclipse fan groups. And I, I hear from them from time to time. It's not something that dominates my life at all. I, I don't really live in the past. I live in the now and uh, and in the future. And uh, 
don't really think about what's what's gone before, but every once in a while I'm reminded by someone who will say, hey, you did that, and we liked it. So right. That's good. And I get to talk to guys like you. <laughs> we appreciate it. We do. Yeah, there, there are a couple other uh, 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 interview shows that contacted me. I don't know if you're aware of them, but uh, that contacted me to talk about Sunny Eclipse, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. As I said, I'm proud of the work. I'm proud of it, and uh, I'm glad George called me to do it. And it keeps me in touch with George, too, because they call him, too. Right. And you know what I like about um, your website, caldavid.com, is that you actually have some of your music playing on there. So, you know, anybody who knows you as Sunny Eclipse should check out your website and, and get a feel for who you are as an artist. Yeah, thanks for mentioning it. It's caldavid.com, K-A-L-David.com. Check me out. There's probably way more than you'd ever want to read about me on that site, but <laughs> we we created it to try to be interesting and somewhat entertaining. And yeah, as soon as you as soon as you get to the site, my music starts playing. So, yeah, I got yeah. lost in there the other a couple of weeks ago listening to your music, and it's great. It's um, you know, it's I, you know, I love that. I love any type of blues and rock music, and it, you know, it fits it it fits into any part of your day so you can relax to it you can you know you can work out to it too if you wanted to you know and it's you, good driving music too it is true yeah it's <laughs> it's a perfect you know top down and the sun's beating down on you you can't beat that <laughs> thank you my friend i appreciate that <laughs> do you ever get to visit uh, disneyland at all uh i mean out here in la yeah i live in palm springs uh, i'm a couple hours from disneyland um used to be when my niece would visit me when she was a kid, or when my nephews would visit when they were children, that was always in the plan. You know, they'd come out to California, and that's where they'd want to go, and I'd take them. Right. And, um, of course, there's no sunny eclipse in Disneyland. No. <laughs> uh, he's, he lives in Florida. But uh, I was always hoping that they would bring uh, sunny eclipse to Disneyland, but somehow they haven't. You know, they, all they'd have to do is build another one. The music exists. Right, exactly. Uh, or that they would call me to do a sequel, <laughs> you know, that I would do more. Or there would right. be a Sunny Eclipse movie. I don't know. You know? <laughs> but uh, uh, that that stuff never happened. But, yeah, I've, I've been to Disneyland quite often, not in recent years, because the kids grew up. Right. You know, so I don't uh, – maybe, uh, maybe I'll take their kids there one day. That's a good idea. Yeah. It, obviously, it'll be there. I don't know if I'll be here, but it'll be there. <laughs> and you know, like like many artists who performed music in the Disney parks, you know the guy that sang the uh, uh, the, the Jiminy Cricket character, right? And um, a number of others. Um, those people, you know, those people are gone now, but their voices live on in the Disney parks. Yep. And I I'm thinking that uh, you know, if Sunny Eclipse remains popular, I'll be long gone, and Sunny will go on. <laughs> yeah, because I, I believe Sonny's 20 years old this year, I believe. No kidding. Really? It's I, been 20 I believe, years? I think so, yeah. I think, wow. I think we're, yeah. Well, long may he wave. <laughs> <laughs> so typically, um, when we have a guest on the show, we ask him five Disney-related questions. And if you can't answer them, it's not a big deal. Oh, but, boy. Um, it's, I'll do my uh, best. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you? Did you have a favorite snack when you were in the park? Favorite treat? No. Nope. <laughs> How's that for an answer? That's a perfectly fine uh, Favorite snack. I, I can't really think of a Disney snack. What's your favorite snack in the park? Um, well, they have the, 
One of mine is um, either a Dole Whip or a Citrus Swirl, which is the, the Dole Whip is uh, vanilla and pineapple swirl, or the Citrus Swirl is uh, vanilla and orange ice cream. So, Well, no, I wasn't really into that. I would try to get into the New Orleans restaurant and, and have some good food, and that was always a big line, and you'd have right, to make a yeah. reservation in the morning to get in there for dinner. But that's where I'd always go, and none of that stuff had funny names. <laughs> you know, jambalaya and uh, oh, you know, that's good stuff. Crawfish etouffee, and all. I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I never had a favorite, quote unquote, Disney treat. Um, did you have a favorite attraction? Well, um, when I was, you know, I worked at the Disney Park. Oh, did I, you really? I oh. played music there. They used to have a stage in Disneyland called the Space Stage, and it was in uh, uh, Tomorrowland. And it was at a uh, at Space Mountain, which was a roller coaster. And it, they had a stage there, and they had a lot of top acts, and uh, just you know, really cool bands played there. I know that Orleans played out there because I went and saw them. They were from back east, but uh, they were my friends. But uh, we played there quite often. It was kind of fun, you know, because we were playing in the park. We would we would go, quote unquote, backstage. They had a, a there's. You know, many doors that are marked employees only are just unmarked doors where, you know, these, uh, like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy, the characters that walk around the park would go back there and take off their heads. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'd go, you know, the, the park is so colorful, but back there it's all kind of gray. And, um, you know, we would, uh, we had a dressing room back there. It was pretty cool. Uh, what was the question? I forgot. Your favorite attraction. My favorite attraction would have been the uh, the space stage. Uh, there was another spa uh, stage there called the Carnation Stage that was in the ground. And at a certain time, music would start playing, and the people on the stage would rise out of the ground. And there was, you know, where there was no stage, suddenly there was a stage. <laughs> and that was pretty. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I I really enjoyed um, Small World. But it's really hard to get that song out of your head for about a month. <laughs> it's a small world, after all. But I thought it was pretty uh, ingenious how it would go from country to country. And same, same I, I don't know. That that would that would be it. That would be it. Every time I went on the Space Mountain roller coaster, my niece would say, "Come on, take me, Uncle Cal. Take me up there. Take me on that roller coaster." And I would say, "No, I, I don't. I'm not. Can't hang with roller coasters." And she, "Oh, Uncle Cal, please." If I'd go on there, and I would turn green. I mean, I was like as green as could be. Um, roller coasters are, you know, hard to take, but a roller coaster in the dark where you can't see what's coming up, that was my least favorite attraction. And both of my nephews wanted to go on that thing, too, with me. They wanted me to take them. I, no, I, I took my niece on there, and I got sick as a dog. You know, Oh, please, Uncle Cal. I, you know, I'm a sucker for the kids, so... I would take him. I think. Well, maybe I'll do better this time. I'll take a little Dramamine. I'll go on the roller coaster. No, nope. roller coaster in the dark can't hang with that at all. So that was my least favorite. But uh, certainly that park. I mean, Disney's vision from the '50s was unbelievable. You know, he was really a, a visionary. I liked the park, and I and I liked um, Disney World in Florida as well. And I went to Epcot. Oh, that's where my exhibit was. My uh, The first exhibit I had, the one I was talking about, Goofy for Health, was in Epcot. It yeah. wasn't in uh, wasn't in Disney World, so I that's... corrected myself. So, did you, uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite character 
rather than Sunny Eclipse, of course. A favorite character? Gee, I don't know. I when I was a ki- a young kid, uh, uh, a child, my father had some cartoons, black and white eight millimeter cartoons. Um, they were uh, silent, <laughs> but he had them. I don't know where the heck he got them. He had uh, Goofy cartoons and Pluto cartoons. And I just, I was enamored with Pluto the dog. I just thought he was the funniest thing in the world. One of the few characters that didn't speak English. He only yeah. spoke dog. Yeah, he only speaks dog, and, exactly. And I just, I just think he was great. But, you know, I dug Donald Duck, you know. Yeah, Donald's my favorite. I love Donald. He's yeah, got, he's got a little attitude, but I like that, so. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too. I used to be able to imitate him. I can't do it anymore. How about a favorite Disney movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, there are so many. I think the one I was trying to... The song I was trying to think of... There have been many amazing Disney songs written by other uh, many people. Uh, but he had, you know, in the Snow White, he had uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. That I think Jiminy Cricket sang that. Am I right? Am I right about those facts? When You Wish Upon a Star was from Snow White and sung by Jiminy Cricket. Am I right? Um... I know it's from yeah that sounds correct. I know that it's been is from a long that movie, time. but I can't remember if Jiminy Cricket's the one that sings it or not. It's been a while yeah. since I've sang it too. Yeah. Or not yeah. sang. I no I've never sang it, but since I've seen it I should say. Yeah, uh, but I believe that's, that's correct. He sang it. That, that was again. a that was a good one. I I really liked that movie. It made a big impression on me, huge. When I was 9 years old, my mom took me to a double feature. It was I remember it was King Kong and Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> The, the original King Kong from the 30s, you know. What an interesting combination. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a pretty interesting uh, combination of, of uh, films uh, in Chicago. And uh, it, that was very memorable. Both films, I really loved both of those for different reasons. And then, yeah, uh, I think Snow White was my first uh, favorite Disney movie. There have been so many since then. Yeah, he's been made, they've made a lot of movies, so that's... Yeah a lot there and then the last question we always ask is uh if you have a favorite memory from being in the parks a disney parks memory i remember that when i took my niece there and she was a little kid and we were holding hands and walking around the park and just marveling at so many things both of us were and a little bird landed on 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 a tree and she said to me uncle cal is that a real bird or is that a disney bird (laughs) (laughs) so i never forgot that you know a disney bird is that a real bird or a disney bird i just thought that was so cool that's great yeah and that was my niece shannon she's uh she's a a career gal now she's uh, been many years since that happened (laughs) a fond memory all right well thanks guys we, we thank you. We really appreciate you coming on to, to speak with us. Well, it certainly has been a pleasure meeting you both on the telephone. Hopefully I'll get down there and, uh, and meet you in person one day. That'd be and awesome. you can come to one of my shows and you go, hey, that Sunny Eclipse can sure sing the blues. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, been, it's certainly been a pleasure. And to all the, the folks out there that love Sunny, just remember that uh, I'm also Cal. <laughs> Check out my stuff, too. That's what I tell all the Sunny people. Yes, caldavid.com, right? Right on. Excellent. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll post that website in our uh, show notes when we post the show and make sure cool. uh, see if we can get a little traffic going your way because, like you say, there's there's more to you than than an alien. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Earthling, really. I was just posing yes. as an alien. That's right. 
<laughs> acting. <laughs> How do we know it's not true? Well, you'll never, re- you'll never really know that, will you? No, we won't. Was that a John Lovitz <laughs> reference you just threw out there? I think no, but yeah. That, was yeah, it that but John no. Lovitz that did that? Acting. Sounds... I think that was a John Lovitz. Oh, that was John Lovitz, yeah. I thought you were doing a little random John Lovitz there. That's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. So Gentlemen, much. thank you. I look forward to, uh, to hearing this. Thank you. Thank you okay. so much. Have a great night, all right? Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Um, that's going to do it for this week. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the show. You can comment in the show notes over at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. You can email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. And you can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. Uh, that's 256-469-8454. Be sure to like us over on Facebook. Check out our store at Redbubble.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Tiki Talk Podcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. And you can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's one M I N Disney Dream and MouseWorldVacations.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dole Whip Daily, and online at DoleWhipDaily.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Norman Bates. That's N O R M N B, the number eight and the letter S. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you so much. Thank you so much. I Have think a great my Chicago night. I think my Chicago accent came out on that a little bit. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. No, no. All no, right. No. You guys take care and thanks again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.